Well, let's put a couple shrimps on the Barbie and get rolling here. Uh, it's episode 60. I'm Coach Ballgame, and my partner in crime is Chad Chop. Coach Chopper, how you doing, my brother? Hey ho, I'm doing well here, Coach Ballgame. I'm uh, on location here, getting ready to uh, take on a crosstown rival with uh, with the boys, Push Ridge Lions. We're uh, we're ready to go here. We're gonna get we're gonna do a little flips in the cage. We're gonna drop on jump on a team bus, and we're gonna drive uh, drive across town and uh, get after it. Okay, paint a picture for the listener here. Uh, you know, if you're not watching on YouTube. Uh, we don't have visual of Chopper today. Paint a picture. Where are you doing? Where are you podcasting from today, uh, well, specifically? Well, well, I'm going to. I'm turning into the school right now. I'm going to be flipping some balls in the cage to uh, some players, and then I'll be driving across town, and that's what I'll be doing uh, for the entirety of the uh, of the pod today. I'll be. Uh, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be multitasking. Uh, and uh, I'm going to throw in some bubble gum here and just see if I can get a tertiary action while I'm uh, asking questions and, and learning from the great Peter. Peter Moylan. Austria. Yeah, our guest today is, is the Aussie Peter Moylan. Um, uh, just a, a great guy, a friend of many friends of the pod, uh, currently broadcasting with the Atlanta Braves. He also has a podcast with Kelsey Winger just had her on uh, on the platform of John Boy Media, had John Boy on recently as well. But man, oh, man, I've said this before when I'm when I'm doing my research on our guests. When you unpack this story here, I mean, wow, uh, the, the, the some highlights on my homework page here, uh, obviously, Team Australia. Uh, and and Team Australia is moving on to the quarterfinals uh, in Tokyo. They'll play Cuba tomorrow. I'm sure he's got lots to talk about there. He's actually coached a lot of those players that are on that Team Australia. Uh, but, I mean, a long and winding road, you know, picked up by the uh, picked up by the Twins when he was 18 out of high school, got released uh, at the age of 20, and then he, he had a bunch of odd jobs. Uh, concreter, pool plumber, pest control salesman. He was actually the number one lift chair salesman in Melbourne, Australia for a little bit, pharmaceutical rep, uh, and a pitcher in the Chinese Professional Baseball League. Um, and then a little something called the 2006 World Baseball Classic uh, got him back on the MLB map, and that's when he got picked up by the Bravos uh, and had a 12-year career in the show. Uh, did you ever have any run-ins, uh, you know, maybe a little Giants, Braves, or I know he actually played for the Dodgers uh, at, at one year. I think it was 2016, 2017. Did you ever run into the Aussie Peter Moylan? I did not, but you think I, I would have remembered uh, the accent. So I'm sure I saw him on the field, but I didn't know uh, that I was in the presence of greatness at that time. But uh, I'm certain that our paths crossed, undoubtedly. And Hear if those you remember, rattling around. I you oh, that. I love that. Love that uh, yeah. podcast coming from the batting cage as Chopper's yeah. getting getting the boys ready for a big game today. Uh, Let me see if I can remember. briefly. Hey, let's briefly yeah. turn on the video just real quick. Just so let's get see a if. Little, oh yes. Let's see if we Look can. That. Oh yeah, you see that? Yeah. That Arizona really sunshine. Like, it's looking good, man. I mean, I, I say you keep bad. it on there for our listeners. Uh, tune into the YouTube. 
Uh, it's a sunny day in Arizona. He's got his bright green shades on. The beard looks to. good. It's game day. Uh, it's game day. And and uh, if you might recall, a few weeks ago we had Kelsey Wingard on, and she was interviewing then player Peter Moreland, uh, and and she right. thought that he was putting on the Australian accent, but uh, <laughs> he was he's not. This is this is this is going to be a great sixty minute conversation. Uh, and just just sit back and laugh, uh, listener, because it's going to be super fun. But before he jumps on, uh, Chopper, I did release my uh, my Sandlot tour schedule, and it's sixty different cities. And uh, you know, we had a, a nice little Instagram and TikTok live announcement uh, on Sunday, and we announced all the different towns and and all the different boots on the ground that have helped uh, launch this thing and get it rolling. So I'm just super pumped. Uh, I'll be in New Jersey in a couple of weeks, cranking it up, uh, over there. Hopefully it won't be snowing. And, and then we'll just be, you know, flying rental cars, hotels, staying in people's guest rooms and couches, uh, as I do 60 of these things in 60 different cities, 30 different States, even up in Canada. So, I'm fired up to spread the the message of Sandlot. It's gonna be um, it's gonna be wild. Uh, and one state I don't have on the list, sadly, is is Arizona. So no, I think we got to get that going that. in 2024. We just got to get that going. I got, I got the venue. Yeah, you do. It's a beautiful venue. venue. It's not I a know. bad venue. It's a nice nice place nestled right up against uh, Mount Lemmon here. Good lord. Good lord. Foothills well, of Oral Valley. Well, uh, without further odor, our guest has arrived. And Chopper, you can't see this, but I mean, I thought my man cave was dialed in. Um, man, slap me silly and call me Don Johnson, because this man cave that the Australian assassin Peter Moylan has is amazing. Mm. Uh, 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 snaps for our guest. We've already been talking about you, Pete. Uh, and you oh, can't good. you can't see our. Uh, you can't see Chop. Uh, Chad Chop is actually, he's got a game today. He's coaching his high school team, and he's going to be doing front flips from the batting cage. Commitment. commitment. Uh, I mean, that's commitment while doing a pod. Multitasking. So, I'm multitasking. Chopper. Let's go. Chopper meet Pete. Pete meet Chopper. Bang. Good morning. Let's go. Stick How are you, Chopper? Yeah, you well, know what? You. This is actually, this is, a, yeah, this is, uh, this is a proud part for me. You know, it's uh, got all my, favorite things around me it's actually a pretty small office star room so i wouldn't exactly call it a man cave i'll just call it my office makes me sound more formal too that's just good god it's beautiful i usually have the same setup uh minus like 70 of those awesome things i got a guitar and a couple of you know baseballs behind me but i'm in an airbnb right now because my house is getting renovated because there's leaks so this Ooh. is uh this, this, we're coming in hot airbnb my oldest daughter wow is homesick she uh she's got a little cough and a and a stomach ache so she's being extremely quiet uh wow. and in the playroom and uh and yeah here i am rocking and rolling peter moylan how far um, is the air, how far is the airbnb from the normal house oh not far maybe okay, good. eight minutes okay not nice. too bad um what's your favorite uh memorabilia piece in that room right there i see a football helmet i see a gold Ooh, record that's, yeah that's a rudy rudica helmet that's an acdc gold record up there because he 
used to run out to to acdc all the time you see this thing right above my head right here this thing right here and it's it's actually pretty good timing that yellow and blue right and right there is a row of tickets from the very first world baseball classic back in 2006 which i was lucky enough to be a part of and then and signed out of there to become the eventual Atlanta Brave that I was. So that holds, that's a ticket block from every game that was in the first round of the original WBC. That's pretty cool. Now, I think that's really cool. And and that's kind of where I wanted to start. I want to unpack your whole story because it's, it's, it's just fascinating and it's really fun. Um, but, but the team Australia is moving on to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Have you coached, yeah, there. have you coached some of these guys? Yeah, there's about eight guys from my team that I manage back home in Melbourne that are on that team. Uh, I know every one of the guys that are on that team. We've either played against each other or with each other over the last 20 years or so. There's a few younger guys that are in there now that I've never had the chance to play with, but I've, I've certainly coached against them or, or seen them play. It's just so exciting, man. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Um, uh, you're going to be watching tomorrow, Cuba, Australia, mm -hmm. Um, paint the picture. Uh, nervous? You're going to be at your house? No. I'm going to be think? at my house. I, I'm actually heading down to Florida tomorrow for spring training. I start my spring training uh, radio and TV block down there. So I'll be up early. Take you back to the last WBC. We lost to Cuba 4-3. I pitched in that game. I threw two innings of shutout baseball. We happened to give up one grand slam, which were all the four runs that they'd scored. So from that perspective, you got to look at it and say, okay, we were one pitch away from taking down the Cubans back then. They've been a force in international baseball for 40 years. Um, so I just think that I think now's a perfect opportunity for us to to take advantage of momentum and, uh, you know, a, a slightly less competitive Cuban team that they've put together over the, over the course of the years. Oh man, it's going to be fun to watch. I've, I've been loving, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, team USA, uh, the big names, but, just the energy that comes from a, a world baseball classic from all the different countries, uh, the, the fans, I mean, the, the first game I watched, uh, you've got fans in the stands with the flags and horns. And I remember going to San Diego a few years ago and, and fans from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, they've got tambourines and, and they're, I mean, it, it is a lively atmosphere everywhere you go. And it almost feels like you <laughs> Major League Baseball, you're playing in a library. Um, do you feel like the World Baseball Classic vibe is is transferring over to our game in, in Major League Baseball? I think it is, and I think it's happening slower than what a lot of people would maybe like, but I think it's, it's going to get here eventually. Um, you saying that, man. Like When I came over here in 2006 for the World Baseball Classic, the most I'd ever pitched in front of was a couple of family and friends, maybe 200, 250 people would show up to a grand final one day or something. And I show up to Orlando where we're hosting Venezuela, Dominican Republic and Italy. And it's like, it's, it's a chaos from the minute you get there. They are, they are drumming, they are yelling and they don't stop. So that was intimidating in itself. That kind of energy is, is unmatched. And I think that's why a lot of the guys that won with the U S team in the last one, got a sense of what it can be like. You know, I'm not saying Major League Baseball is boring by any means. 162 games over 180 days, it can just get a bit of the same. 
you know you fire this kind of energy at someone like a like a Hosmer or a Danny Duffy or those guys or you know whoever it is and it's it just injects you with 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 just passion and you see what brought you to the game in the first place yep I saw it with Trout last night it's like uh, as soon as he hit that bomb and he comes back to home and he's uh, fist bumping uh, Mookie Betts, he gave this big salute and is like, I haven't seen that much emotion from Mike Trout ever. So, right. uh, you know, and this is quite a grand stage, even for Mike Trout. He He's only been in the playoffs, you know, a handful of games. So uh, I, I think I think Nolan Arenado is really fired up. I think they're yeah. all feeding off of this vibe, and I can't wait till we get down to it. Um, you got Shohei doing his thing, um, and and Team Australia, man, love it. It's 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 also the Czech team. It's the Great Britain team. Yeah. Both teams have got to win. Like that that's so big for their nations, especially the Czech team, because because China was unfortunate they weren't they didn't win a game. That means that Czech automatically qualifies for the the next world baseball classic which means in a, in a nation like that government funding junior baseball programs you know it just means that it's expanding in countries that it needs to expand i was lucky enough to go and play in the czech republic when i retired i was running away from retirement rather than doing anything else but i went over there my buddy was a pitching coach who's now the national team pitching coach for czech but i went over there and pitched in the czech and they love it they absolutely love the game of baseball they they're, they're big, strong kids. They they don't have much going on around them. They're hard workers. They just want to get there and work their tails off. And you can see it. And the respect that, that the Japan team had for them as well. Uh, it's so fun to see electricians and plumbers <laughs> and, and you yourself. I, mean, I, I read uh, uh, a little blurb from you, and I, I think this was from the 2006 World Baseball Classic when when you were playing, and this is kind of where you got your big break, where the Braves saw you and signed you. A real estate agent hands it off to a pharmaceutical <laughs> rep to face Maglio Ordonez. I mean, th you, you're seeing that daily here on TV, where yeah. the electrician is striking out Juan Soto. I mean, a 21 year old uh, from Team Nicaragua just signed with the Tigers like yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was watching that live. So was I, and I was like, yeah. "This is fascinating." Uh, Juan, Juan Soto going down, uh, J Rod going down, and this twenty-one-year-old uh, gets signed by the Tigers. I, yeah. I mean, the, there's nothing more beautiful. Um, I, I do want to get to that point of your career, uh, 06 World Baseball Classic, but we've got to go back to the beginning. Uh, Chopper, you still with us? You still uh, you got front flips going? We working backside uh, opposite field line drives? Front flip, we're going opposite field right now. We're actually taking up baseballs. I just uh, surpassed the one millionth ball picked up, so it's a big oh, uh, momentous milestone. Thank you. That's Thank huge. You before, yeah, we, before we go to the very beginning with uh, Pistol Pete, um, I just gave him that nickname. That's not his Love real it. nickname. Love that. Um, uh, do you have anything uh, as far as uh, this year, World Baseball Classic, to button up this conversation? I love it. Um it's one of those things where, and Peter touched on it, like the season's so long and monotonous that having that level of energy, that that's an energy suck, right? So like, you really can't get that up for a 162 season. You see it a little bit in the playoffs, uh, but even, even the playoffs at the major league level, they don't, they don't match the WBC. It's that world cup kind of atmosphere, um, but it's super cool to see. And it's way more exciting for the fans. Um, 
but no, I love it. It's, it's, we were talking about it last night, me and my son, like this could be a spring training game, but these guys are in these crazy moments with fans dressed up and really cool. Love the world baseball classic. I think it's like the Ryder cup, like in golf, that, that there's just a different energy. Even when you watch Tiger Woods play in the Ryder cup, like he's way more fired up and, and vocal um, than he would be in the masters. So it's, it's not just you. It's not even just your team. Like uh, Pete said, I mean, it's your whole, it's your country. And, and it's, yeah. <laughs> it means so much to all these guys. So I'm quick, fired hey, up. Quick shout out, Peter, quick shout out at the real Bubba Mustang says, what's up. So uh, that's, that's a big deal uh, for you. So. Wow. And that's, that. was that your cleanup batter? That's our lead off hitter. Yeah. Super handsome young gentleman, junior. Oof. Yeah. It's a big deal. Peter, is you're he, welcome. That's is he more guy. of an, is he more of an Aaron judge or a Juan Pierre leadoff hitter? He's a, he's actually a combination of the two. I mean, oh. Bubba Mustang, use your imagination. That's his name. So Bubba Mustang, I mean, it doesn't get much more show. So you're welcome. I'm going to, I'm going to mute boys. Keep, keep rolling. Let's do it. Keep banging it out with the horse hide. Um, how does a, a, a young lad in beautiful Australia fall in love with baseball? What got you? I was fortunate enough to have a dad that got to travel. And uh, he came over to America for a conference and he was over here and he went to see a game at the Astrodome. So he came back with the love of baseball. We found a T-ball, uh, I guess, organization right around the corner from the house, started playing T-ball. He was my coach. We fell in love with it. Uh, I gradually moved on to baseball, as everybody does. I never made a representative team until I was 15 years old. There was the under-12s I missed, under-14s I missed, under-16s I missed. Finally made it when it came to the under-18 team. And uh, my first my first year on the under-18 team, I, I was playing shortstop and pitching. And I was found by a scout by the name of Howie Norsetter with the Minnesota Twins, and he wanted to sign me as a pitcher. That's beautiful. Uh, so, beautiful. I mean, th there was no Little League World Series for you. There no. was really no um, no pony uh, other than dad. Uh, was yeah. there a, was there a coach? Was there a mentor that um, made you fall in love with the game even more oh, leading up to eighteen? Yep. Uh, so we had a we had a thing called once I once I developed a little bit of skill. There was a West Australian Baseball Academy that was from the age of probably fourteen to seventeen or eighteen the you know we'd go there train every tuesday thursday nights and there was a man by the name of andrew uh, sorry don kyle andrew is his son don kyle just filled me with so much confidence when other people were sort of you know uh he'll because i was i wasn't a troubled kid but i was one of the regular high energy kids that and i see it in my own youngest daughter now i was just everywhere like i wanted to be in everything i wanted to be everywhere and i was hard to sort of muzzle i guess you'd say mm -hmm. and he just let me be me and and it, it eventually allowed me to 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 you know branch into i had a stutter when i was a kid too so now that i'm i'm actually working in media like there's that kind of impact from a coach at that age can change your whole life absolutely we had nick swisher on he said the same thing he had a, a coach uh he was just so full of energy and he didn't know where to channel it and he had a mm -hmm. mentor that let him be him um, uh, Kike Hernandez, same thing. There's just right. so, so much energy in this, uh, in this 12 year old body and they don't know how to channel it. But if you have a mentor that can, can let you be you, but then kind of just 
prod you along in, in that right direction, uh, you get picked up by the Twins, and mm -hmm. you you lasted two years in that organization, and you know, in quotes, you self-proclaim yourself. Uh, you just weren't ready. Uh, no, unpack that. What do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I, it was the first time out of home. I was 17 years old. I've been put into a hotel with a roommate. I've never lived with anyone but my parents before. Uh, I'm going to the baseball field every single day and it, and it matters. Uh, you know, you, you go into the field every day and it's not just messing around training. You're going over there and there's 150 kids that are getting work in and, and there's, there's a clear path to where you want to be, but it's, it's, miles and miles and miles away yeah and i just wasn't ready to commit i wasn't ready to put the work in i i was talented enough to be there but i wasn't committed enough by any stretch of the imagination and was released after two and a half years i i, I can't imagine uh, being that age you know uh, i felt like coming from a, under a rock in north carolina to brown university where i went and and now it's <laughs> the complete opposite. Um, you know, I'm, I'm meeting people of different cultures, ethnicities from different places. And, and I was just like, like, this is life. Uh, right. Welcome to the world. I can't imagine, um, having to, you know, try and show up to a baseball field every day. That Those are the formative years for me where, uh, you know, I, I, I made mistakes and I learned from my failures. Yeah. You, you get released by the twins at age 20. I, I would probably have done the same thing. The ages of 20 to 28 are fascinating for me. Uh, there's <laughs> there's concreter, there's pool plumber, there's yep. pest control salesman. The number yep. one lift chair salesman in Melbourne, folks. I mean, th this that's is a, that's a true story, right? Um, pharmaceutical rep and a pitcher in the Chinese professional baseball league. That's a lot. Correct to pack into your twenties, but the yes. through line was the through line men's league baseball. Yes. And was it, that was the were, consistent. Right. And you were not just a player, you were a coach. At some points and throughout this, yeah, I would, I would play both winter league and summer league. Uh, I would coach sometimes both, sometimes none still had an absolute passion for the game of baseball would watch all the playoffs whenever we got it in Australia, but yeah, just continued to play it at the highest level that I could. I'd still play for the Claxton Shield teams when I was selected, but I'd stop pitching because of the multiple injuries to my back. So I figured that that might've been the reason. I'm just gonna have to quit pitching. Started playing first base and hitting instead. Yeah. Uh, and become a decent, pretty decent hitter. Actually was offered a contract when I was 23 with the Colorado Rockies to come over and, and try my luck at hitting. Uh, but I was just, I knew I wasn't going to be a good enough hitter to to eventually make it to the big league. So I, I decided to stay and continued my working dream uh, and then kept working my odd jobs, landed as a pharmaceutical rep uh, and was doing that job when I came over to pitch for Australia in the WBC. So I had to call him and say, hey, listen, luckily he was involved with Australian baseball. So it wasn't that tough of a call but it was still a call that i had to make and it was a pretty exciting call i said look i, I know i was only supposed to be here for two weeks and i took annual leave to be here but i'm going to give this another crack uh the braves want me to come and play and i'm and i'm, and I'm going to try so well, that's yeah, amazing crazy right so you got paid leave from your pharmaceutical <laughs> rep job to go to the world yep. baseball classic 
I mean, yeah. that's that that story is amazing. And then you you pitch well, you strike out, you know, guys like Maglio Ordonez and uh, you know, bi- big names. So the Braves see you. Mm. Um, do they offer you some big contract to show up at spring training? So it was the next day, uh, JJ Piccola and Dayton Moore walked me around the facility because we're in Orlando, which is where Braves spring training was. They walked me around the facility. They showed me everywhere. They showed me where I'd be living. They showed me everything you could possibly. And I'm, I mean, I was sold. Let's be honest. I, it, it was basically give me enough so that I don't set myself back when I go back home and I'm in is effectively what it was. And yeah, I ended up signing for $30,000, which was $10,000 more than I'd originally signed back in 2000 and uh, sorry, 1996. So uh, I come over, um, I ended up, I was down in triple a they i did went through spring training i came over and pitched in a couple of backup games for bobby cox did okay i guess he must have liked what he saw but i went back to the minor league camp and i eventually broke with the richmond braves and uh yeah we were we opened up in in richmond and i was there about four or five days and i got a call they'd opened up on the west coast and one of the pitchers got hurt and they were flying back and i had to meet him in atlanta man that's so cool and and it all it all happened because of this uh, kind of leap of faith. Like I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, you know, I've got a great, uh, I got a job, you know, I'm, I'm safe, but I still have this dream. Um, was there pushback from family, from friends? Like, what are you doing here? I have to give a lot of credit to my ex-wife. Uh, at the time we had one child and, uh, you know, I called her and we basically had the conversation. It was like, look, I, I failed at this once eight and a half years ago. I have another opportunity. If I don't do this, I don't know what happens afterwards. Uh, I'm going to be constantly thinking about what could have happened. Um, obviously, people over here seem to think that there's a chance that I could do something pretty special. Otherwise, I wouldn't be offering a 27-year-old that's just rolled out of bed throwing mid-90s from the sidearm all of a sudden. They're like, okay, we'll, we'll give this guy a go. So I want to try this. And she said, yeah, look, you got to do it. You have to do it. So. Man. It's it's a lot like the movie The Rookie, where you know uh, eight years later you roll out of bed and you're throwing mid nineties. I mean, were you throwing bullpens while, while uh, in between pharmaceutical uh, rep trips or wh- how? Wh- what do you attest that um, that that too? How did you stay in that kind of shape? I think a lot of it was to do with because. I was around the game all the time. I was constantly throwing BP. I don't want to steal the, the theme from the movie, The Rookie, but it legitimately was what happened. I, I was always playing catch, always showing off my arm strength. And, and I got stronger by hitting too. I was yeah. I was working different muscles. So I guess I was developing bigger muscles and I got released at 20. I'm not even fully grown yet. So between 20 and 27, I guess I'd matured and got strong and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I found an arm angle that worked. I was always thrown over the top and 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 I just dropped down because I wanted to use the same mechanics that I'd been using swinging because I knew that I got through that with my back okay. I didn't want to try and go over the top again and potentially risk another injury. So sidearm arm angle, found a release point. Found, I just grip it with four seams and let it rip. I wasn't trying to do anything until I got over here. I had to try and figure out other things, but I just toy with pitches and mess with things and and it was such a fun period of, of my life because I went from, there was, this was never the plan. I, I had no intentions of having another crack at, at 
Major League Baseball ever because I knew that the chances of a guy from Australia getting a second chance were basically none. So for me to go from zero chance at all to, oh, there's a 5% chance. Oh, hold on. There's some Japanese scouts and Taiwanese scouts looking around. Hold on. You look, you're getting, you're facing Chibolotta Marines who are in the Japanese big leagues. So you've done well against them and then you do great against the Chinese uh, Taipei national team. Everything starts coming like this, this, and this. And then I go to the classic and I actually walked way more people than I, that I ever did, but call that nerves, call that whatever it was. Uh, luckily the Braves saw enough in me that, that they, they gave me a shot. And, but the development in that first year, look at my numbers in AAA of 2006 and they were horrendous. What, uh, what do you, did you have a, a pitching coach there in Richmond, somebody that kind of got you on the right track or let you be you? It was honestly, um, not that it, people in Richmond didn't help me, but I, it was, it was the interactions with Roger McDowell, uh, mm. who was the Braves pitching coach at the time. Uh, he was also a sinker slider guy. So I was able to bounce stuff off him pretty good. And I was so raw and he was. He rubbed some people the wrong way, but for me, uh, I, that's exactly what I needed. I, I needed someone to sort of just be like firm and, and look, this is what you should try. Do this, do this, do this. So, you know, he he was great, uh, taught me to dial it back a lot. Um, and then you can, you can reach down and grab it when you need it, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, he was he was instrumental in, that, in those first few years. It's tough because of the arm angle that I do have. There's not a lot of people that throw from that arm angle. So you having to to really find a niche and, and ask questions to people that have that have done it before because it's it's very rotational. It's it's uh the throwing mechanics are the same when you think about it, but the mechanics of the actual pitching wind up are completely different. Well, from a hitter's perspective, you know, the the guys that just I struggled with the most were uh just had a different kind of delivery. It's not your usual uh just circular and fluid motion. I really liked facing those guys, but it was, it was a herky jerky, Justin Verlander, or just somebody from a different angle that it really put me on my heels. It's a huge deal. And you, I mean, you led baseball and appearances at the age of 39, which is yeah, super cool. Like I own the hit by pitch record at Brown university. That's I hang my hat on that record. You have you to really? hang your true hat. Story? Uh, true story. Yeah. Career hit by pitch record. Um, you know, when, when I introduced myself, I'm James Lowe, uh, 2018 Jim Nance sound alike contest winner on the Dan Patrick show and the hit by pitch record holder at Brown university. Um, the there's nothing, there's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I have, I have a trivia contest that you and chopper will face off against, uh, at the very end. Excellent. Uh, and it involves that stat of, of thir uh, you know, at the age of 39. Um, Chopper, uh, are you with us? You got any questions on on Pistol Pete and his epic 12-year career in the bigs? Uh, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, well, a couple of things. First of all, I think that we talk a lot about uh, just when you handle adversity the right way, you kind of get rewarded oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes. Um, and I'm, I just appreciate the fact that he had the self-awareness to know Hey, I just wasn't ready yet for the, for the freedom and the, you know, being in a hotel and you don't get a lot of money, but you get some money, you get 20 bucks a day where uh, that could get weird pretty quick for a young kid who doesn't know how to handle money. Yep. Um, so I'm proud of the fact that he had that ability to be like, Hey dude, that, that was on me. He didn't, he didn't leave 
when he got released saying I got screwed and had this bitter taste in his mouth. He, he kept the love of the game. He took some ownership uh, and then he was rewarded for it. So that's for our listeners, especially the players. There's a powerful lesson right there. I'm loading the team van as I'm talking. You love to see it. Um, yes, but no, so so I, I'm just proud of that. And then too, like you said, ball game, like I guarantee he was an intimidating figure, three quarters lefty. Like I'm a left-handed hitter. I don't want that at bat, you know, and he probably misses arm side every once in a while. So that's just a really uncomfortable at bat. So um, good on Peter for just c- continuing to grind and keep that love of the game. And then he was rewarded. The game rewarded him. So really cool. Uh, Peter, that's a really cool story. I did not know that. Um, I already liked you, but I like you even more now knowing that I don't have mm. a question. I'm just ready to to get some trivia going, to be honest. Oh my gosh. Are you driving the team van today? Oh yeah, bud. Oh yeah, bud. See, it's a it's an early day, so typically I have a coach who drives the team van, but he also works for UPS. So this is so we're talking nine get that. nine thirty over there, is it right? And you are up. Yeah, there. we got an eleven thirty game. It's spring. It's spring break. Perfect. Yeah. So he couldn't get paid leave like you got uh, from pharmaceutical sales to go play in the WBC. He had to work his job. Um. <laughs> so that means I'm driving the van. Um, before we get to the trivia contest, uh, in that playing career, a lot of fun teammates. I mean, Smoltzy, Chipper, Huddy, who, uh, Chopper, you, we got to get on the podcast, uh, DeRosa, McCann, Kershaw, Grinky, uh, Mattingly, Bobby Cox, they manage you. Do you have a, um, do you have a smartest teammate uh, in that 12 year big league career? Who, who was just, who was the guy you needed advice from? It's Chris Young, CY, now the GM of the Texas Rangers. We played together in Kansas City. Uh, and, yeah, you could just tell by every conversation that he was listening to me on a deeper level that I could even imagine getting to. I'm writing that down. Listening listening on a deeper level, uh, that is my tip of the day for uh, marriage. Uh, how to save oh. your marriage listen yeah listen on a deep deeper level there you go and do that with my kids as well that is that is a big deal i faced that guy too uh i think he went to princeton and uh, i was at brown and it i mean basically he he's seven foot tall so he was just he was in my cheek by the time he released the ball didn't That's do him. very well against him um what about the kindest teammate in that 12-year career oh wow um there has been a lot of kind teammates. Oh, we're going way back. Um honestly, Tim Hudson may be it because when I met him, his his there were certain guys in that clubhouse that looked to me like I was some sort of freak act. Like who is this guy that we just signed to he's gonna help us somehow? Come on. Like that was the initial feeling from some of the guys. And it was never a feeling that I got from, from Tim, even though he was a superstar at that point, he always made me feel extremely welcome. Other guys did too, but Tim and I still remain close to, to, to this day. So uh, he was probably one of the kindest and so generous with his time. I'm with everything he does. Chopper. You, I can uh, second that. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go ahead. Chopper. You, you know him. I can second that with Huddy, uh, an absolute heart of gold, uh, just the talents off the charts, but like the hearts even better than the talent. Um, he was the guy where after my first year, we won the world series in 2014 mm-hmm. and I was renting in the, in the East Bay and Huddy's like, Hey, like 
before you do that, like just stay at my house in the marina, fourteen thousand dollar a month house. Uh, and he just gave it to me for the summer. He's like, hey, dude, or for, not for the summer, but for the off season. He's like, hey, I already paid for the year. Like, take it. All I need you to do uh, in return is just to drive my seven series BMW once every two weeks uh, to keep the gas. Dang it. Uh, from from going stale. So like that's Huddy, and it was. You know, yeah. some people do things and they expect something in return. For Huddy, it's like, hey, let me and my wife bless you guys and your family. Um, and that's just who they are. They still have their foundation where they raise a ton of money. Yeah. Huddy's, Huddy's one of the – he's a good old boy. He's one of the guys he's, – he's coaching at Auburn right now, and Auburn's really lucky to have him. He does some stuff for the Braves too, right, Peter? Does he do any uh, any uh, broadcasting? He comes – but he doesn't do any broadcasting. Well, he may this year, but but he hasn't done any to this date. He comes back for a lot of the alumni events. Um, but, yeah, he's – I actually Article. stayed at one of his places during spring training one year too. So yeah, it's, he's just, he's beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, That's a perfect word. Huddy is beautiful. Concur. Love that. Um, well, what about your, your funniest teammate? Uh, and, and, you know, we, I think we have the same, the same uh, sense of humor kind of taste. So who you got? I'm actually the answer to this for a lot of people, but I'm <laughs> yes, going to go are. ahead. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say, it's a it's a really David Ross, now manager of your Chicago Cubs, Bang. quite possibly could be the driest, funniest, quickest. He and I together, I think I'm outmatched. Sneaky pull right, right. there, and yeah. and it, what seems to be different personalities, kind of. I mean, you you seem a little more Let's Lloyd Christmas it. to his Harry Dunn. <laughs> That's that's quite possible. Yes, I mean that quite yeah, possible. that's maybe the best uh, dynamic in in history. I like that. Yeah, my cubbies. Uh, what do you think? I mean, they got a lot of new names uh, there. Are they going to do anything? It's the favorite part of the year because everybody thinks they can still do something. Everybody thinks they're a <laughs> yeah. chance. Right now, they're looking at that. They're looking at the schedule. They think, well, look, we just take two out of three from then. We go three out of four. Maybe we split against those guys, and all of a sudden, we got a two game lead in august that's where everybody's at but i think they'll be fine dansby's a big pickup dansby's going to be the dansby's going to be the centerpiece there for a while um i've watched him blossom into the big leaguer that he is now leaps and bounds he's grown in the last 18 months married now you know like power couple of chicago i don't know things things could be going good yep i i like the addition there and with nico horner uh, turned in double plays with him. Nico is just, he's the gamer. When I, when I look at him, he's, he's a gamer. And then yeah. Dansby, I mean, he doesn't miss games. He plays 162 every single year. Uh, I, I like what I see a friend of the pod, Jan Gomes, uh, behind the plate. Uh, do you know Jan at all? I don't know him. Brazilian, no. right? Yep. Yep. Uh, first Brazilian to play. Uh, he played in the world baseball classic, I believe for Brazil and yep. first, maybe first Brazilian all-star. I think that's his, uh, claim to fame um, just real quick just while you touch yeah. on that because that reminds me just to jump back to the wbc real quick and something that you got to remember is that there's qualifiers that lead into the wbc there's a ton of countries that you haven't even yeah. mentioned or seen yet brazil was one of them was at the last wbc but one that wasn't able to qualify this time so you know there are going to be nations from africa there's going to be nations from europe there's going to be nations from all over the place that are eventually going to be playing in this thing 10 15 20 years down the track so you want to talk about a world game. I think we're heading in the right direction. Love it. I love everything about it. Um, best golfer. Uh, you treated me to golf. Folks, uh, Peter Moylan, when I was doing my Atlanta Sandlots, 
I, I just called him up because he knows his way around that town. And he called about eight different country clubs to get me on, found me a spot, paid for my round of golf chopper. Uh, I show up and, you know, it's like the red carpet had been rolled out. Who, who's the best golfer um, in, in your career? I have only managed to play one round of golf with John Smoltz, and it was pretty impressive. And I know that he's got the history. He's played in tournaments. He's tried out for the senior tour, all the rest of it. So I know he's great. But the best person that I've seen play is Jason Vargas. Ooh. There's a name from left field. Vargi is as cool a cucumber as you've ever seen. He is just, the swing is dialed, and he's been retired for a couple of years now. So he's dialed in a little bit more. But yeah, he was, he was, like I've played with professionals before and he was just a click under what, what it was like to play with a guy that's actually played on tour. Beautiful chopper. Mm. What about you? You've, you've played with some Dodgers and some giants. Who's the best. I know Will Smith. Yeah, hits 400 Will, yards. Smith. Will Smith's the best. Uh, Vargy though. I know Vargy really well. He's uh, like a really close friend of our, uh, basically my wife's uh, brother. So Bargy, that's a great family, great dude. He's living out in Goodyear, Arizona. And yeah, he can, yeah, he, he is. is calm. Yeah, he's a calm, cool, cool cat. So, uh, but no, Will Smith, uh, the catcher from the Dodgers, not the pitcher who is was on the Astros at the end of the year last year in the Braves. Um, a funny story about the Will Smiths. I once texted the lineup to the wrong Will Smith before a Dodger game. And the pitcher <laughs> said, hey, bud, I think you got the wrong Will Smith. I said, well, hey, have a great day, buddy. Love you. Pretty great. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Um, also, uh, flex for having both those guys in. Yeah. Well, and I didn't, you, didn't, you, well want, you want to talk about the actor as well? Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I don't have the actor. Uh, <laughs> friends, but, uh, joking. That, that'd be a super subtle flex. flex. That would be a subtle. super flex. Uh, where are you at right now? Are you are you uh, at a stoplight, Chopper? Yeah, I am. I'm in. Uh, I'm actually in uh, traffic right now. Rare traffic on Oracle. You hate to see it. Uh, yeah. Looks like there might be a little accident, maybe some road work, but uh, we'll power through it. We're going to get through this. The players are being super quiet. Like, I mean, they're they're being very dialed in. Are they it's studying? Christian school. Christian yeah. school. Yeah, they're uh, they're locked in right now. They're all reading uh, reading proverbs right now. We're trying to lock in or get some wisdom before the game. Um, let's jump. <laughs> I, I want to jump into this trivia because uh, th this will take us down some nice conversational paths uh, as well. Mm. Um, in that 12 year career, I mean, you, Bobby Cox, I mean, that there's got to be a billion stories there. Uh, before we jump in to trivia contest, uh, Chopper versus uh, Pistol Pete, uh, do you have a very memorable Bobby Cox? Um, uh, you know, memory or, or, uh, you know, just an experience with, the only with real, that guy, the real one that I can say that, uh, there was a, I like to get to the clubhouse pretty early and he was always there before I got there, obviously. And there's, we're in Pittsburgh one day and this is the first time I found out that he did this, but we're in Pittsburgh one day and he's walking around with socks on and he's trying to find his shoes. He's got six clubhouse managers. They're all trying to Look around, they look around, they're Mizunos, they're Mizunos, they're all yelling, it's Mizunos. And, he, and a kid comes running out, sweating, Mr. Cox, Mr. Cox, are these it? And he turns around and he looks at the kid and he says, No, they're not mine. Mine have got nails on them because he wore cleats every single day that he managed baseball games. And I didn't know that until he was telling that kid to go find his cleats. It was, it was hilarious. Everybody was laughing. 
But yeah, I had no idea that at his age he wore Mizuno spikes for every single game that he managed. Incredible! Wow, that is that is showtime. A uh, chopper. I'm sorry uh, if, I, you... if I do. If I there, was, there must be a swearing warning. I, I apologize. No. Oh no! That's a, that's a that's a quote. That's a quote from Bobby Cox, and 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 I can imagine he dropped a bunch of those. Uh, chopper, you had Boach. You you got you had Doc. Uh, any any guys wearing nails uh, on the coaching staff? No way. Doc was wearing Kobe's, uh, probably seven or eight different uh, varieties of Kobe's. Uh, he and I are very similar in that. You know, you have the Nike uh, Nike Elite hookups. So mm. uh, Doc, yeah, Doc was doing it right. And cool thing about Doc, talk about generous. He would do that for the whole staff where even if you got free stuff from Nike, usually you'd have to pay the taxes on it. Uh, Doc would pay the taxes on it for his staff. So uh, we all had a couple thousand dollars worth of uh, six shoe uh, allowance that Doc would pay for, which was pretty special uh, of him. But no, no nails, no, no nails uh, from any of the skippers I saw. Boach, Boach had them size fifteen New Balances that he had to stretch his foot into those things. They were, uh, God bless those shoes. They had a, they had a, he had a big head and big shoes. Eight and a half head, I was gonna say. Yes. Uh, just, just, just that quick thirty second uh, Boachy story chop about your name. So good. Boach, uh, Boach once walked, walked up to me. I was in the, the kitchen. I frequented the lunchroom. And he walked in one day. He's like, Chops, what do you got? And I'm like, what's up, Boach? What do, what do you got? Uh, hey, why do they call you Chops? Uh, well, that's that's my last name, uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, it's it's Chad Job. And, uh, and then he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he heard the answer, to be oh, honest. That's beautiful. I'm not certain you're the answer. Oh, he, my he, goodness. He, he had no idea what your name was. Nope, nope. Didn't care. Wasn't on his radar. That's okay. Under the radar is a good thing. Yeah, it is. Golly. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Here's how it works. Uh, right. Jobs. Uh, it, it, jobs uh, I, I'll, ask, <laughs> I'll ask the question. And just fire, fire at will. And you can answer it a few times, three, four, until you get it right. This is, um, uh, this is Pistol Pete trivia from his playing days uh, with the Braves. Am I supposed to answer my own questions? I am. Yes, you're trying to answer it before he does. Um, okay. If I don't know job. this, this is kind of, kind of tough on me, but okay, come on. Uh, this, this, I'm digging pretty deep here, but um, I, I want to start with, with um with when you're on the mound your 12 12 year career mm. what batter mm. had the most hits against you oh that's great i'm gonna go uh i think ryan zimmerman Ooh. correct chopper what was your guess gonna be i was gonna wait for him to answer and then i i, I was assuming a right-handed hitter i just can't imagine him being a comfortable or bad for a lefty um but I was gonna just really make sure I had the right. Chop, I'm right-handed. He's a righty. Yeah, submarine right-handed. I had you as a lefty. All right, just well, the, the reverse splits hey. of my. Hey, hey, boat. Good thing hey, I did my homework. Hey, Josh, hey, what do you got? Uh, hey, boat. <laughs> hey, boat. What arm do you throw with? Hey, and Zimmerman had the most success. Okay. Well, oh my god! And he had a opening day, opening night, Nationals Park, 2008, ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, Peter Moylan, tenth inning. One one fastball. No. 
deposited oh, to God. the left field bleachers for the freaking franchise opening moment. I'm on every single Christmas card that the Nationals send out. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Ryan Zimmerman right, one is nothing. correct. Uh, one nothing. Chops. Chops. What are we doing? He's a righty and you're calling him a lefty. What are we doing? Get, out, Ronnie, of get him out of there. Gosh. I'm out of the game with that mistake. Could happen. Um, uh, question number two: uh, Who did you walk the most? What batter? Um, this guy's known for his strikeouts and his walks. Is he right-handed or left-handed? He's a he's a lefty. Does he play Votto. for? Did he used no, to play Votto's for the Mets? Um, Murphy, I, I, Daniel Murphy. I know him more as a Cincinnati Red. Votto's not right then? Oh, I know. Adam Dunn. Bang, one-to-one. Let's go. Co- correct. It's Adam Dunn. Really? I didn't realize him. I faced him that much. You walked him four times. Uh, Adam Dunn. Yeah, I mean, that's a big, burly lefty. How, how did you attack that guy? I wouldn't have. I would have walked him just like it said on the paper. I would. I yep. that was if there was a right-handed batter with that without a chance of a pinch hit coming up behind him. I was walking at him down without even looking yeah. at him. Yeah, yep. there you go. Because he's a right-handed pitcher, chops. Yeah, that's just so you know, chop. <laughs> that's the. Uh, but anyway, yep, I did I actually it. remember facing Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn was my first ever spring training matchup. Uh, I when I signed with the Dodgers in thirteen, I'm trying to make the team. First pitch I throw, off-speed pitch, Adam Dunn hit it about 700 feet straight away center field. and uh, I, I, Yeah, so any wonder I walked in. Strong uh, man. The, the self-deprecating humor of yourself. I mean, your teammates just had to love those moments. I mean, at, deep down, like, you know, obviously didn't want to give up the run, but I'm sure right. you gave him some laughs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I guess That's what I was there for. I was entertainment value. Occasionally get a guy out, but I was there to make sure the clubhouse was fun. And Chopper, you were the same way. Chopper would give Digme sessions to uh, Kike Hernandez and Jock Peterson in the dugout. You know, Chopper was the BP pitcher and the fungo hitter and the video analyst uh, guy, but he was really just the the clubhouse entertainment. I mean, that, there's Love something it. to that. There's a reason the Giants mm. and the Dodgers made a bunch of World Series. There's the reason the Braves are the Braves. They've got entertaining clubhouse glue factors like yourselves. Um, gotta have it the long season you can't have that yeah you can't have that wbc energy all the time so you gotta have guys that are willing to to carry that torch throughout the year and uh use humor and i did all kinds of dares uh i bet i bet peter did Mm -hmm. the same it's it's one of those things where if the boys need something you got to give the boys what they want i'm gonna send you a photo coach (laughs) and uh just while we're having this conversation carry on with the trivia I'll put Chopper on this uh, thread as well. Um, uh, question number three, as the score is tied one-to-one, most mm. punchies, who'd you strike out the most? Dan Agla. Bang, ownage. Hey, high fastball with that swing has to play. Has to play. Uh, we just faced each other so much when he was with the Marlins, and we actually uh, – we joke that – the common line is you're only as good as your last at bat. Yeah. And it just so happened that his last at bat, he hit me for a wall scraping home run, 317 feet down the left field line at Turner Field. So he owns me. I got to give him credit. He owns me, even though I did punch him out more than anyone. Strong lower (laughs) half. 
strong low, strong everywhere. Yeah, Popeye biceps. Yep. He oh, you all you fa- uh, he had the most abs as well uh, against you, Zimmerman right there. Uh, who's tied for second all time in, in abs? Ugla had nineteen. Yeah, Zimmerman uh, is third, but uh, these two guys they had eighteen career abs against you. NL East, Miguel Cabrera. Incorrect. Oh, we're looking. We're looking NL East here. In at least only okay. Uh, was, was it a Marlin or the Philly? Was it a Jason Worth? Nope. Like uh, think what? Well, want think Met. Oh, David Wright. David Wright. Yep. David yeah. Wright. Yeah. And then Jinx. and then when did you face Hanley so much? Oh, uh, Marlins. Hanley was on the Marlins. Yeah, he was Marlins. Yeah. before we went to that the whole Red that that whole lineup. Chop. This is this isn't for you. But that whole lineup was right-handed. So lucky <laughs> as a lefty, I was able to get. <laughs> I love that. Hey, that's the best thing about you. You, you mess something up, and then you're going to wear that. And I love it. I, I deserve oh, that, to wear that. That's that's that. kangaroo court. That's baseball uh, clubhouse one hundred and one court all day. Yeah, uh, Dan Ugla, you punched him out. You had ownership. Um, you actually went zero for seven in the bigs as a hitter. Uh, yeah, is this right? And yeah, but you you got on base one time. I Do you know walk. who who walked you? Uh, it was Gallagher from the Cubs. Yeah, Sean Gallagher. There you Sean go. Gallagher walked you 0 for 7. You faced Fuzz, too. Cole Hamels. Uh, yeah, he punched me out on a yeah, 3-2. I took him to 3-2, but I just couldn't I mean, catch up to high pitches. fastball. Laid off some good cambios down the bottom of the zone, and then just He's got a good changeup. Couldn't get to the top of the zone with a fastball at 94. Um, you know, I mean, you were a good hitter. You actually, the Rockies wanted to pick you up as a hitter, but just yeah. put the average... Um, uh, man in the batter's box there uh, eight times as you did uh, in the show. Mm. What's it like? Look, uh, it's, it's, it shows me, it actually gave me a little, I didn't have a lot of at bats towards the end, obviously, but earlier on it, it showed me just how hard hitting was, especially at that level. And I know these, this hitters are superior athletes. They're unbelievable. Their bat to ball skill is just was something that blows me away all the time. So if, if anything, it showed me that, Hey, have a little bit more faith in what you've got. This is tough to do. You don't have to be perfect all the time. They're going to make mistakes as well. So just go out there and do what you can. Man, it's the perspective. Like uh, th- think of it in uh, terms of art. Like as an actor, you're thinking about it one way. But if you get behind the camera and you start directing, you you look at it a whole different way. And when you when you start thinking uh, uh, as a pitcher, uh, how how the hitter's thinking. When you're mm. thinking as a coach. How the player is thinking, man. When you get to the other side of of the camera, there, um, I think you become a whole a whole different animal. Chopper, I also, you, yeah, sorry, just I also picked up a lot when I was player coach with the Braves in '15 because I heard myself telling these guys what I wanted them to do and relating it to myself and thinking, okay, well, you know, don't be afraid to do it yourself, silly. Uh, so yeah, it's it's so true. Like, and like something like Roger McDowell would say to me, "Your your best count is two and zero. I was like, "What?" He goes, "If you have runners on, or even without runners on, and you get a hitter in a two and zero count, say there's a runner at second base, he wants to be a hero, tries to get big, swing gets a bit bigger, you can throw a sinker middle middle, you're gonna get a ground ball eight times out of ten. Yep, and he's I'm gonna like, pull it. He's not gonna get the guy over. Exactly. Yep. 
his eyes get big. You think he's, you know, he thinks you've missed location. Where in actual fact, you've just thrown one down middle and he's rolled over. It's great. And that takes the pressure off you when it's oh oh, uh, it's right. not the end of the world, right? And it frees you up a little bit. That's coaching one hundred and one. I mean, this podcast is for coaches and for parents yeah. that are coaching kids. And 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 if you can give a kid freedom, if you can give a teenager, a high schooler, chopper, how are you going to give your kids freedom uh, today before the game? Well, no, and I totally agree with that. Uh, my guys, it's like in those moments where you want to hump up, take a little off. Uh, and that's kind of the play. Uh, the hitters will get themselves out for sure. Uh, but for us, it's just about trying to have that spirit of response. Uh, and that's what we preach is like, it doesn't really matter what happens. You get behind 2-0, how are you going to respond? You strike out and go make a play in the field. Uh, just see how we're going to respond individually and as a group. And that's that's what we preach. And uh, and that's what we're that's what we're looking to do today for sure. But I totally agree, Peter. It's I think sometimes, especially pitchers, they they nibble too much. It's like, dude, it's mm-hmm. hard to hit, you know, especially when you've got the kind of stuff you have in the big leagues. Um, just challenge a guy, dude. But but really, honestly, take a little off instead of trying to hump up. Sometimes when you hump up, your ball flattens out. Um, take advantage of those big swings. Most guys, their head pulls a little bit, and they're trying to hit it 8,000 feet uh, in those hitters' counts. That's, for me, I try to tell our guys, and I told myself this in pro ball was, Stay short, see contact. I got into that 2-0 count. I'd step out, take a quick deep breath, and just try to take actually a little bit less, take that 85% swipe uh, and that and and look for the opposite field gap. And that really helped me uh in, you know, in those hitters counts. Um, I saw you know, I watched Maddox and Glavin pitch a ton, and I saw a lot of 2-0 ground balls to shortstop. Um did you ever were you ever on the same squad as them? Pete? Uh, I was on the same squad as Smoltz, Glavin, not Maddox. Yeah. yeah um, I watched I watched Glav do his work a little bit with the Mets early on, but then he came back to us in 09 as well. well I mean, did you take any notes on, on Smoltz and Glavin? What, uh, give, t- take us behind the curtain there. What'd you learn? I learned that there are people in the big leagues that are better than other people in the big leagues. Not everybody's <laughs> at the same level. <laughs> There's levels to it. So funny. Oh yeah, there's superstars so for funny. a reason, and there's there's placeholders. And I felt like most of the time I was a 14 year placeholder. But no, that's, I'm kidding. I had a great I had a great career. I'm not going to say that. But but there is there are guys that are so gifted, and that have have just been touched by somebody or something. And and yeah, it's. But you also see that I I worked hard, but I wasn't a hard worker. Does that make sense? I worked hard because I had to. I'm not a hard worker, but I will do what has to be done. I won't enjoy it. There's guys out there that, like Alex Gordon, Whit Merrifield, these guys that have just got routines that are that are just you just that'll blow your mind. From the minute they get there at one p.m., they're going until the game's over, and then when they're not going, they're thinking about it. Whereas I, I, I'm not that way. I love the game of baseball more than anything, but I'm not. I'm not like that. Oh yeah, Gordon. Yeah, there's stories of him, you know, diving for balls and BP. And uh, I I got to meet Whit Merrifield. Shout out North Carolina boy. Uh, I and I, I mean that guy's got a great story too. Just just oh yeah, digging in the minors forever, uh, and then leads baseball and hits two years in a row. Um, yeah. uh, Miggy, 
you faced Miggy 14 times. He he went six for 14 against you. Uh, I think Venezuela is is inspired to win this whole thing mm -hmm. to give him a, a great send off. Yeah. Um, Chopper, uh, pizza righty. So righty versus righty. <laughs> how do you uh, how did you battle that guy? What, I mean, was it just pitch backwards? Uh, no, it was just pitch and hope. Honestly, um, I actually I felt like I. I guess he got me, he hit me for a home run to the fountains last time I faced him in Kansas city. Um, another guy that gets to ride off into the sunset with success against me, but he was, you could never go at him the same way. I, and that was where I was limited because I only had two pitches. I had to invent a change up to throw to Ryan's everyone to eventually get him out. But with Miggy, it was, he never got off his own plan. You could tell that he obviously was trying to stay right center with his approach with every swing, but he would also truck you and bridge you with a fastball down and in that was three inches off the inside corner. So his ability, again, I say bat to ball, but his hand eye, his bat to ball, and you never really saw the kinds of massive adjustments that you see a lot of guys make these days. You'll see a guy come back with his hands at like lower. He was consistent basically throughout his whole career and he just raked. Um, that's hey there's some yeah. similarities there there's some similarities with what you how you described him with barry when i talked to him with, with barry mm. he, he said i never changed my swing and i never got off my plan if i was sitting on you know peter sinker and he threw three straight sliders i would tip my cap knowing the next bat i was going to get that sinker and i was going to hit it over the fence mm. um, so the greats the true greats they don't they didn't uh they didn't ad lib in the box they had a plan they knew it would work um and they didn't change their swipe so that's that's pretty cool to hear, uh, Miggy, because that's that's literally how Barry described it to me. It's pretty cool to hear uh, the best to ever do it talk, and he sounds just like another great to, to ever do it, Miggy. From a hitter's perspective, I mean, watching him take a, a a nasty pitch just just below the strike zone, uh, you know, as Joe Davis said, it's like climbing into a warm bath. Like, man, yeah. just just a uh, like he is not there's no jitters there's no jump it's just a calm cool take and you know when I was pitching uh for Eastern Randolph High School state champions 1998 that that was the guy I couldn't figure out the one that would just spit on a curve just below the zone and just easily take a pitch um uh, I, I have one last trivia question and right now I score, think by the way I think the score is three to one yeah, it's three to one, but this one's going to be worth two. Just to see Thanks, if we can Anders. pull off the tie here. Love um, to see it. Uh, we we it's been documented. We also talked about it this morning. He led Major League Baseball in appearances at the age of thirty nine with eighty five. Um, on the all time list of appearances, uh, friends of the pod, Javier Lopez, Rick Honeycutt are on that list. Um, uh, Mike Marshall, two lefties, was, just like Peter. <laughs> Mike Marshall holds the same 100, 120, 119 with like a hundred, yeah, well, a hundred and uh, something in 1974. Who has the all time record for appearances in baseball history as a pitcher? Yeah, it's not Cy Young, uh, Warren Is Spahn, it Eckersley. Eckersley had it forever. Uh, oh, it, it, Rivera, Mariano Rivera, Mariano. Hoffman. So Eckersley's now fifth. Um, 
Mo is fourth. So think think lefty. Think think Wagner. Crafty lefty. Gla- oh, crafty. Pedro Feliciano. Oh, lefty. oh Dallas think, Perez. Think Mets. One thousand two hundred fifty-two career appearances. Jesse Horesco? Correct. Ooh, I like it. Let's go. Bang. Twelve hundred and fifty-two appearances. I, I think he pitched till he was like forty-eight. Yeah. He's wow. still pitching somewhere. He's still pitching somewhere. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so that Jesse Horesco, uh, it uh, chop you lost again. Hey, you know what though? I got second, and the top two finish has been consistent. And I'm a model. Of you go through the next round. So, you'll you'll win. Pool you got B. that right. Win in yep. advance or, or yep. survive in advance. I guess in this <laughs> you case. finish second while driving <laughs> while driving a, a van. Yeah, How about that. Yeah, I can confirm that. Yeah, winning in life. <laughs> winning in life. What's up, boys? Yeah. Peter says, "What's up, boys?" That's that's all on their phones. It could happen. Studying. Trying to, no. trying to get him to hang. Yeah, trying to get him to hang up and hang out, but. Yeah, look at a tree, uh, kids. Hey, boys, look yeah, out. Don't be look afraid. Go outside. <laughs> go outside uh, um, I, well, since this is a pod for, for coaches, uh, this is how I wanted to close up shop today. I mean, you just check your phone real quick because I oh. did send you that photo. This was a, this, this, this was a result of a, a $3,000 bet. Will yes. you will you shave your head like John Smoltz? But the proviso was I had to take my hat off and walk around the mound before I threw my first pitch. So that's an actual in-game hat off. Moylan with a Smoltz haircut. For the yeah. listener, uh, check out the YouTube. We'll post that uh, later tonight. And that, beautiful. I mean, that's Absolutely pure Smoltz. Who, who did that? Who shaved your head? Adam LaRoche. I've actually got some, I got, uh, I got a series where I'm actually walking around the clubhouse with, with Smoltz and I put his uniform on as well. <laughs> so I was walking around the clubhouse with Smoltz's uniform on. You remember the old, uh, the, the fake sock stirrups. So I put those oh, on yeah. his, his Mizuno flat shoes, pulled my pants all the way up where he liked to wear them, Harry high pants. And then I walked around. <laughs> Harry the, uh, high pants. So I'll get that. I'll send that to his, oh, here it is. I found it. Select. Wow! I'll throw a picture of Huddy on that thread when I when I get when I later on today. Uh, Huddy was a goof. I'm surprised Huddy didn't cut your hair. That, that is moment. strong. Oh, Guarantee he chipped in on the pot for sure. So good, so good. Hey, uh, and so did you lose? You lost a bet. What was the bet again? No, it was just. No, he dare. won the bet. He had to, it was a dare, and he did it, which of course yeah. he did because you know uh-huh. most lefties they do whatever whatever they ask of them. So. <laughs> We had so many similarities, Peter, that I just figured, you know, you're you're not afraid to make people laugh. Yeah. Uh, you're good at life. So I just, just like figured, a, you know, I just yeah, made just, an assumption. Just like yeah. a great lefty. Oh, uh, more more pictures coming. Uh listener on Spotify. <laughs> uh wow. I mean, you can tell you can tell Smoltzy is in heaven right now. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean he, look at, he's look just at young Pete Moylan, no tattoos or oh, a couple of tattoos, obviously. Look at that hairy high pants. I yeah. mean, that it doesn't get much. <laughs> Shout out to Kelly Johnson for taking those photos and actually sending them to me uh, not not long ago. Uh, he he still had them on his phone from many many years ago. Oh, wow. You love to oh, see it, man. Uh, well, obviously you're a, you you played. Uh, you've played forever, but for our coaches out there, let, let's start with, 
Let's start with Chopper's age group, that that high school group. I mean, you've coached a lot of kids in Australia. Mm. You've coached some of these kids that are playing uh, against Cuba tomorrow. Yep. Um, what do you have for them? What do you have for that high school coach? The high school coach, uh, the biggest thing for me, as I said to you, I was allowed to be myself. I didn't get a lot of restrictions put on me. There was obviously rules that I had to follow. But as far as restriction goes, you just want to let kids try and be themselves as much as possible. And the other biggest thing that I get asked a lot of the time, especially a little bit younger and high school, is how many sports to play. The kids that specialize at the moment, I know it's a big thing. And I know that parents think that's the only way that the kids are ever going to make the big leagues is if they specialize as one thing but i can promise you the benefits of getting the hand-eye coordination from playing multiple sports and learning your body and learning how your body moves and adjusts to different things is only going to help your career it doesn't need to be a 12-month thing where you're training five nights a week they need some rest they need some reset and they need to be able to do other things and find out what else they love and they're passionate about because it'll only help their game no doubt about it and the only reason i played I started as a freshman in college is because the one spot available was right field, a position I'd never played, mm. but I'd, I'd played outside linebacker in football. I played basketball all the way through high school. So the, the, those first steps that you need to be a good outfielder, um, you know, the, the speed, the quick twitch, um, mm. Mike Trout, he says it all the time. He became a great center fielder because he was a all state basketball player in high school. So it it's it's not just important. I think it's almost a necessity. Uh, it really yeah. is when when you're when you're basically vying for a job against um, people that are at, at least as good as you and probably a little bit better than you. You can't be a one trick pony. So right. couldn't agree more. Uh, Chopper, anything there for you? No, he nailed it. Um, and you got to have joy, right? So the, the the biggest thing for me is making sure they love the game because this is kind of the last – this is the last stop before it becomes the business um, in college and then obviously in pro ball where if you don't have that joy to fall back on that, that Peter had even when he got released where he still loved the game, then you'll just quit and then you'll go do something else and be an adult. And there's no fun being an adult. No, and teach the game. We forget that, you know, we get the Rapsodos and the Trackmans out and we're bringing the iPads out and we're not even throwing a pitch without seeing what the VLO and the spin rate was. Like, teach the game of baseball. Teach the fundamentals of baseball. Teach what guys should do with runners on first and second none out or a guy on second none out or a guy on third less than two outs. Like, there's parts of this game that are, are just being forgotten about and then it's being rushed in the last minute to try and turn these super talented kids into baseball players. Mm. Yeah, showcase baseball is what I call it. It's a travesty. It's, mm. it's a guy that, you know, has no command, but can throw hard versus a hitter that really has no clue how to hit. Like I like to use is be a hitter, not just someone who can hit. Yeah. You um, know, do what the, do what the situation calls for. I saw an interview with, uh, I forget it was big leaguer though. Oh, it was Johnny Gomes, I think. And he said that mm. his goal was every at bat was to change the scoreboard. So, it's a guy in third, less than two outs in the infield. In, give me a sack fly. If there's infields that, give me a ground ball. If it's a guy on second, get a base hit. If there's nobody on, you got to hit to the people. But I loved that thought of change the scoreboard. Like put a point on the board. That matters. Teach the game. I love that. Uh, Matheny, I stole this from Matheny. Uh, youth baseball should be about kids and their passion, not adults and their goals. And then I steal this from the Savannah Bananas all the time. It, uh, 
your wins correlate directly with how much joy you have and how much fun you are having. You're, you're going to play better. Uh, so keep that in mind, coaches. Uh, Pistol Pete Moylan treated yes. me to golf in Atlanta. Uh, you can you can listen to him with friend of the pod, Kels, on Farm to Fame, um, which is an awesome pod. Can you give us a give us a little elevator pitch on that? What, what's Farm so to Fame? We've just changed the format a little bit. We're going to come at you with two 10-episode seasons, one that's going to be coming out at the start of the season. We're going to be hitting on all your favorite prospects that are coming up ones you may have heard of some you may not have heard of who to watch out for this year because we know the game's trending younger mm-hmm. very very younger and someone's going to make an impact on your team this year bang biscuit bang and oh, then wow. uh yeah I, you're going to hear him call games for for hot lana who are you in the booth with this year I'm in the booth with Brandon Golden, 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 Golden. I'll get the, the pronunciation of his name. He's the voice of uh, Madden football on your computer games. And he's, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, he, he's been a Braves fan. Actually wrote Skip Carey a letter when he was, I think, 10 years old saying he wants to be a broadcaster. And they posted it when they announced him as the, uh, as the guy in the booth. So I'm doing, it's Tom Glavin, myself, Jeff Francoeur. Uh, the analysts. Uh, Frenchie. Frenchie does the majority of the games, and uh, me and Tommy G split the rest of them. I'm doing some radio, and I'm also doing pre and post. So uh, it's all happening. The uh, Frenchie, there... Fren- hey, yes. But I was going to say Frenchie and I we got drafted same year, and it was Frenchie and Brian McCann on the Rome Braves. We had <clears throat> battles against those boys, and you want to talk about bat speed? Yeah, Jeff Francoeur in center field when he would let that freaking swing go you could feel it it was pretty cool mm. uh why did derosa want mccann so bad everybody best talks mates. about mccann's mccann's a catcher mccann's a catcher one of the smart listen you want to know what everything you need to know about mccann mccann came up in 05 john smoltz very particular with the people that he throws to and within one game john smoltz told bobby cox that that's my catcher bang wow so like Lester, just, like Lester with Ross, like Lester with Rossi. He's just so smart. He thinks about things that we don't think about. Um, he's just, he's been, he's been the director. He's been the quarterback of, of every team he's been on since 2005. Yeah. Um, well, excited to listen to your pipes, uh, which as Kelsey Wingert found out are real. There's a real pipes. There's Nothing. a real accent here. Yeah, she told the story. <laughs> she told that story on the pod. Uh, she's got a great story too, man. We unpacked oh, yeah. her story. It's just unbelievable, and you know the ups and downs uh, yep. of, of that. So uh, I I love that John Boy Media family. Uh, we'll get everybody on at, at some point, and I can't wait to hang out with you again, buddy. Me too. Let's uh, maybe maybe All Star Game this year. We might have to make an I'll appearance with each other. Uh, I think they're the the MLB's setting up a little league field for me by the Puget Sound. So uh, you'll have to show me around Seattle a little bit. I've only been there once, so we'll discover it together. Even better, <laughs> Chopper. Uh, we want to give you uh, we want to give you a beard salute as you have now reached the field. Good palm trees. Good weather. It's thirty degrees here in Atlanta right now. Yikes! But it was you were having a heat wave last week for, for a while. Yeah, and then I went to Jersey and it snowed. Yeah, I'm I'm supposed to do a sandlot in Glenrock uh, and Ridgewood, New Jersey, 
March 25. So hoping we're above freezing. Uh, actually, yeah, I asked John Boy if, if I could use his warehouse if we need to. He said it's it's not kid friendly. <laughs> How many kids are you going to have? Uh, we got 120 from the Ridgewood uh, sandlots. They wouldn't and then fit about, in there. And then about 80 uh, in Glenrock. And then I go up to Long Island. So a little weekend uh, in Jersey there. So, hey. That's beautiful. It, 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 can't wait. Uh, I love you, buddy. And um, you too, man. Thanks for coming on. Chop, or any last words? Chop, great to talk to you, man. Hey, great to meet you, dude. Uh, no, uh, just really enjoyed. Thank you for your time. It was great. Anytime. And, uh, yeah, best of luck to you, man. It's, I'm excited for you. I'm really, <clears throat> really excited to hear your story. And just, it's a message of perseverance. Mm. Uh, and I love that. And that's the thing for our, our listeners is we're always trying to uplift and just encourage and just don't quit. Like, just keep going. And you did that. And look what the good, look how the good Lord blessed you, dude. So I love it. Look at that. Look at that, right? It Surrounded by my trophies. Look at me. It's just, that's not about trophies, but look at this. Look at what I've been able to accomplish. Proud of you, dude. It's awesome. Um, we don't yeah, normally Bobby do Cox this right here. Oh, Bobby Cox in his in his seat, just sitting oh, back. Just whispering in my ear. Yeah, a legend. Uh, um, we don't usually okay. do this, Pete, but you're going to send us off. Send us out. Uh, could be a motivational quote. Could okay. be uh, anything. But, um, folks, thanks for tuning in to Episode 60 of the Talk and Shop podcast. Uh, and and Pistol Pete Moylan will send us off. I know I've said a lot on this podcast and I've downplayed my my career, but a lot of it came from a saying my dad told me back in the day, and it's simple. If it is to be, it's up to me. Bang. <laughs>